every one of us have a choice every day. We can choose life or we can choose death. And um, I want to choose life. to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 32 of the Altered Stories show. Misty's God's story of rebellion, loss and grief, and radical transformation through Jesus Christ. This is Michelle Saunders Gutch, your storytelling host and founder of Altered Stories Ministry, a faith-based nonprofit that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them. Thanks for listening to the show today. Today, I am super excited to introduce to you VIP listeners, my featured kingdom rock star guest, Misty Hillip. Misty, is a wife, mom of three boys, author, blogger, speaker, podcast host of By His Grace, which is the number one top podcast in the religious category in Apple in Paraguay. She is also the founder of Spark Christian Podcasters Conference and the co-founder of the Rocket Podcast Community. I was blessed to meet Misty at the Spark Christian Podcasters Conference this past February in Houston, Texas. And she is amazing. And that conference was amazing. And I got to tell you, after I came back, I had over 400 Facebook requests to uh, just start networking with new people. I mean, it was a big boost to uh, my networks, my connections, and I praise God for that and for Misty. So, hey, let's get to know Misty a little better now. So welcome, Misty, to the show. How are you doing today on this National Day of Prayer? I'm doing wonderful, Michelle. Thank you so much for inviting me to Altered Stories. Excited to be here today on the National Day of Prayer. How cool is that? It is. It's so cool. And then we're approaching Mother's Day, Misty. I mean, your mama's story is going to be amazing. So I'm excited about that too. But I have a question for you. What do you think our greatest prayer need is in our country right now? You know, I would have to say um, prayer for for peace. I think we're just living in such a confusing time right now. And so for wisdom um, in in how to proceed uh, as well, because uh, our, our God is not the author of confusion. So that comes from, you know, the enemy. And so as we come off of lockdown and move back to, uh, to, to what our normal was, I think that that's where we need the prayer the most is how, how do we do this in a way that we protect lives, but we also um, ignite our economy and just wisdom in the direction and where we should go and the things that we should 
do, um, when we should gather, when we shouldn't gather. Um, because, yeah, we just need a lot of wisdom today uh, and peace. And peace, just to know that God is sovereign over it all. He's allowed this to happen for a reason. And so I think that we can take good lessons from this time. And and I also think that now more than ever, it's a time for us to share the gospel unlike any other time, because um, we are are we are desperate for Jesus. And um, so I think that we can see a revival movement that can come from this, but I think that our our prayers need to be for the lost and to be strengthened for the, the days ahead of us. Amen. Yes, that is so true, Misty. And how is your family immersing themselves back into the new normal? Do you guys have kind of a a, a, a plan for that? Or what is Houston doing, you know, in, in those areas and lifting restrictions? Yeah. So for our family, things aren't really much different um, because I, I work from home. I've homeschooled my kids. This is our final year. It's a little strange because my son's graduating this year and the plans that we had are probably going to look very different than what we had originally planned. And my husband works from home a lot. Um, he was affected by losing his job at the beginning of this, but God is in control of that. And it's actually been for our family, just such a wonderful time of uh, he's been helping me work on the rocket community and you know he's been leading our family well in in devotions and and we've really tried to just take the sabbath rest on sundays and and not work and so for us it's been great and um but for Houston overall, you know, the city opened back up last week um, on Friday, and I'm looking forward to being able to go get my hair done in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good Mother's Day gift. <laughs> yes. I have to tell you, today I tried to do my hair, and it just frizzes. I don't know about you, but I mean, you have long hair, and it's very full. Um, but I'm kind of getting tired of that ponytail thing and putting it up on the top of your head and pulling it back in the ball cap. And so I am so ready to try to get in and get my hair done. So let's talk a little bit about you two in the context of kind of uh, your calling, Misty. I mean, there's a lot that, you know, you have accomplished uh, and the story of you moving out of corporate America and God calling you to the home and all the things that God is doing now and bringing you to places of speaking and writing a book and blogging and podcasting and all of that. So where are you kind of headed? You know, where are you kind of headed? I just try, I just head towards obedience, you know, just open-handed and um, just in prayer, always asking God what's next. You know, I started this journey of writing and speaking and blogging and podcasting when my oldest son went to college. And I knew that if I didn't have something else to focus on, that I would drive my boys absolutely bonkers um, while I waited for grandchildren. And so I don't have grandchildren yet, but I'm hopeful that one day soon that will happen. And um, so really, I just, it's all really open-handed and I just want to 
do what God calls me to. So we'll, we will see what the future holds, but um, day by day, right? It's a, it's a daily obedience. In my Bible study, I talk about um, one of my favorite lines is surrender. Now I'm going to forget it. Oh my gosh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Surrender, pray, repeat. Surrender, pray, repeat. So, you know, every day we just come before the Lord and we surrender our will to His and we pray and we ask for wisdom and then we we do it all over again. And He's so faithful to lead us and guide us and direct us. So um, we'll see where, where He takes this. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. I had to ask that question. You know, one of the questions I usually ask my podcast guests too is, what one thing do you want the listeners to take away from today's message that you're going to share around your story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that would just be the title of my Bible study. The struggle is real, but so is God. You know, right now, so many women are struggling, whether um, they've been thrust into crisis schooling with their children, or they're trying to work and um, and keep their their job going and and having their kids at home, or you know, women who are single who are alone. Like, there's so many different um, scenarios going on right now. The struggles that we're facing with this pandemic are real. They are real. And it's affected everyone worldwide. But like I said earlier, none of this has taken God by surprise. And because um, because God is real and He is with us, He is going to see us through. And what Satan meant for evil, God will turn for good. Now, we may not understand all of the circumstances or how that's going to work out, but we know that we serve a loving, faithful God who has a good plan for our lives. And so, even in the midst of our struggle and our circumstance, God is there and um, He's going to see us through. So that's what I would say. That is my heartbeat message that the Lord gave me. It took me three years to write that Bible study, and I had no idea how poignant it would be exactly one year later. Um, This week, I actually celebrate today is the one-year anniversary of that Bible study. And, um, you know, but God sees the whole picture and he knew how important that message would be to us today to be faithful, to persevere in the hard times, because it is through our faith in him and our perseverance that we overcome. It is by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's how we overcome. And that's the whole message of the struggle is real. Oh, that's amazing. I I got to get that book. I mean, it sounds perfect and it sounds very uplifting and encouraging. So we'll talk more about where the listeners can go to get that book. But hey, uh, what encouraging God words. So thank you for sharing that. So as we continue and move on through um, our conversation, you know, uh, I am a passionate storyteller of Jesus and transformation and change. And uh, we know that God came into your life and radically changed you. And so as we go forward, can you share with my listeners today where your God story began? Yeah. Um, You know, my 
God's story actually began very early in my childhood. My parents did not go to church, but I went to vacation Bible school and my heart was beating out of my chest and knew I needed to know Jesus. Although I was not discipled, I wasn't in church. Um, So for many years, I believed in Jesus, but I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. And uh, fast forward to middle school and my brother died and it radically altered my family. My mom was struggled with, um, with depression and anxiety and that was a crippling time um, in, in our family. And I, I really didn't know how to handle all of that. And the enemy, I began to wreak havoc with me and really played mind games with me. And I went down um, a path of total rebellion because I was unable to handle and process the grief that I was experiencing and just lived very dark through junior high, high school, like all of that time period. I um, began experimenting with alcohol that led to drugs. I was raped. I became pregnant in high school. So that was my first journey into motherhood. And I had been on a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs. And the enemy lied to me and really told me that my only option was an abortion because this baby was going to be, you know, something horribly wrong with it. I mean, the enemy really had a hold of me and I had an abortion. And then from there, um, I went to college and that is where I absolutely came to the end of myself. I wanted to kill myself because I didn't think that my life was worth living. And I was going to jump in front of a car because that was the only way that I thought that I could do it. And I was walking down a road and I cried out to God and I said, God, if you are really, really real, then I need you to intervene in my life. And the sky stops and he pulls over right after that. And, you know, that day could have gone very differently. It could have been somebody that picked me up and, you know, did something horrible to me. But God had had appointed this young man who was a believer to stop and to pick me up. And we immediately had a God conversation. And then he began to disciple me. He bought me a Bible. He became my friend. And that day, my life was, was saved and forever, forever changed. And so I began walking with the Lord, but still I didn't have it all figured out, right? I just didn't. Then I met my now husband and we were together for a couple of weeks and we found out that I was pregnant. And I, yeah, a couple of weeks. And I did not want to get married because I was pregnant. I knew that I could not have an abortion again. I knew that I was going to have the baby, but my husband at that time was playing pool for a living. I mean, like hanging out in a pool hall, didn't have a real job. And I thought, Lord, how is this going to even work out? And then a few months later, my dad died. And that was just absolutely devastating to me. And I thought, I can't have a wedding without my daddy there. So we moved in together. We had that first child together. And, you know, he absolutely changed my life. I'm just so grateful to God for the gift of of that son who 
that's where I think the radical change really began as Peter and I lived together and I really pressed into God. And fast forward, we did get married and we've been together now, you know, for 26, almost 27 years. And we've had a really um, amazing marriage, a really difficult marriage, a rocky marriage because of the things that we've experienced. So, you know, after Jacob, we we struggled with uh, infertility. I completely had stopped having my period, um, I think from just stress. And, um, and then our sweet Connor was born and Connor was born with severe club feet and his feet were upside down and backwards. And uh, the first doctor that tried to cast his feet cast him too tight and we almost lost his legs. And that started a journey of being in and out of the hospital over the course of the next year um, from surgery and, you know, he would, he had casts all the way up to his diaper and then he would get the rotavirus in the hospital. And so he had this diarrhea virus for months and then he would get well and then he got RSV and then he was back in the, I mean, it was like literally one thing after another. I mean, talk about a difficult motherhood journey. And at the same time, I started, um, well, let me back up. At the same time, Connor, a little over a year, started having grand mal seizures and he seized constantly. Well, that day that he began having those seizures was the day that my boss at Enron wanted me to come work full time because prior to that, I only went downtown two days a week. I lived next door to my mother-in-law. She helped me with the kids. My oldest son was in kindergarten and um, they said, we need you here every day. And I knew God had been working on my heart and he had been calling me to homeschool, but it was kind of one of those things that I was like, la, 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 I don't hear you. I like my job. I like, how are things going to work out between us uh, with our, you know, my husband wasn't making as much money at the time. I was like, there's no way, like we needed my income. I didn't see how, you know, we would make ends meet. But I knew that day when Connor began seizing that my place was at home to care for him. And I started homeschooling. So in the midst of having a child with all of these difficult challenges, because the challenges continued, like we didn't know that there were other things wrong, but those seizures uh, really uh, caused brain damage with him. His brain was on fire and um, it, we actually didn't get the right diagnosis for him for 16 years. And that's a whole nother long story in itself. But during that time, um, you know, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law who lived next door to us, they both got brain tumors. And so I was trying to take care of this special needs child and homeschool this, this older child and take care of my in-laws. And so we had some really serious crazy years of, um, but at the same time, God was so sweet to us in that my husband was able to work from home and be with uh, his, his parents and spend a lot of time with his father and reconcile his relationship with his fa father that had been um, difficult. Um, so God's goodness was sprinkled all in there, but it was still, it was, it was a trial and, um, and then I got pregnant with my next child and something was really wrong 
was really wrong. I, I knew I was pregnant. I felt very pregnant. But when we went to do the ultrasound, we, we couldn't find the baby. And my doctor said, I'm concerned about this, but I'm leaving to go on vacation. He said, I'd like you to come back tomorrow and we're just going to do, we're just going to look and see, we're going to do some exploratory. We're just going to go in and check and make sure everything's, you know, okay. And uh, we went in and he was like, this is a simple little procedure. Like we'll be done in 30 minutes. Well, that I got to the hospital and I began hemorrhaging that morning and that 30-minute procedure turned into a four-hour procedure. And I had an ectopic pregnancy where the baby attached to the outside of my uterus and he was not going to survive. But I almost died during that procedure. And my husband, who was in the waiting room, just was beginning to pace and and pray um, and be concerned. And the doctor came out and he said, your wife survived, but you know, we couldn't keep the baby and your wife almost didn't make it. And um, I'm in a textbook, medical textbook somewhere. Um, but what that did for me, Michelle, is it just really, I realized how lucky that I was, that I was still here and that God had purpose in my life. And it was really um, an incredible time uh, to really get close to the Lord and uh, about a year later, um, I got pregnant with my next son and um, I ended up on bed rest that entire pregnancy, like about six weeks in, I started bleeding and they said, you know what, if you want to keep this baby, you're going to have to, you're just going to have to be on bed rest. And so here I was, you know, the parents next door with brain tumors, homeschooling my kids, special needs toddler. And I just stayed on the couch and, uh, you know, talk about crisis schooling. We were definitely in crisis. And then after that, I, uh, I miscarried another child in between there. And, uh, and then I thought God was done. Like, I thought that was the end of our story in terms of motherhood. I really longed to be a mother again. I just, um, I just love my children so much and just really just love the whole journey. And my doctor kept saying, you need to tie your tubes. It's very dangerous for you to get pregnant again. You need to tie your tubes. Every time I went to the doctor, you need to be on birth control. You need to tie your tubes. Well, my husband and I had just prayed and had given it to the Lord. Lord, you are the one who can open and close the womb. And if you want us to have another child, then you will give us one. And if not, then, um, then you won't. And we just trust you with that. And um, we were hopeful that we would maybe have another baby, but... Uh, you know, years went on and we just thought God was done. And then on my oldest son's 17th birthday, I found out that I was pregnant. And this is a, a really great story because my husband, my husband was in a meeting full of oil executives. And we have a rule in our house that if I call and I call three times in a row, like you need to pick up an answer. So his phone was plugged in. Um, so he just hit it on speaker phone and I didn't wait to say, hey, how are you? Uh, do you can you talk? And I just blurted out, I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh, I know. Taught me a lesson there. Um, so we were thrilled. Uh, a few weeks later, I turned 40 and I was like, what an incredible birthday present. Thank you, Lord. 
And it was just really cool. And everything was going great. I was healthy. I was, you know, the baby seemed to be developing. And because of my history, like I was in the doctor's office every single week because they wanted to monitor me. And I wasn't having the bleeding that I was having like in past pregnancies. Everything was going really, really well. It came time for the 16-week ultrasound. And you know, that's when you can find out, are you having a boy or are you having a girl? And we had these three boys. And so I was hopeful that we were going to get a girl, right? And uh, so we were all excited. My, my mother-in-law came with me and my youngest son, Ian, because my husband couldn't be there, uh, but they were there with me. And um, the ultrasound tech began measuring and measuring and measuring. And she's talking to us and talking to Ian about how excited he was going to be to be the older brother because he was the youngest and just all of the things. And I could tell that there was something was wrong, you know, and she slipped out and got the doctor and they said, you need to go have a, a level two ultrasound because there are several things that are wrong with your baby. We only see two chambers in his heart and it looks like his limbs are deformed. I just began thanking God. Thank you that I'm pregnant. Thank you that you allowed me to experience this again. Thank you for just a total heart of gratitude. And we prayed and we asked God, please, please heal this child. Um, and we went to the level two ultrasound and they confirmed all of those things and many more. Um, you know, his brain was improperly formed and he probably had spina bifida. Just a whole slew of things that the doctor said he's incompatible with life. And they said, you should abort him. And um, they don't use that procedure, but that's basically what they wanted uh, and, you know, we, we sat in the doctor's office, the genetic counselor's office, and every person that said, you know, it's okay for you to make this choice because that's what people in your situation do. And because of our long history and because of everything that we had been through, we said, no, this baby is fearfully and wonderfully made and God has given him a purpose and a plan no matter how long he lives. And so we're going to walk this journey out with our child and this pregnancy as long as the Lord allows. And, um, you know, it was just an incredible time because people would come to us and we were just such in a peace bubble, like we were just so much walking in the peace of God. And they would come to me and friends of mine and they would try to encourage me and they would leave encouraged because I was so close to the Lord. And I just, like I mentioned earlier, I just, I'd been reading Ann Voskamp's book, A Thousand Gifts. And so I just started thanking God for every conceivable thing that I could thank him for. I went to a follow-up doctor's appointment and um, our baby's heart had stopped beating. And um, my doctor said, you need to go home and you'll probably miscarry. And I went home and I didn't miscarry. And so for days, I knew that our son had, had died and was no longer um, alive in me, um, but I hadn't birthed him yet. So I had to go to the hospital and they had to induce me and, and he was stillborn. But we had a fear, we had a funeral for him afterwards. And I had friends saying, I don't understand why you're doing this. And I'm like, because 
this is a life that the Lord has given us and we need to celebrate that life. And our other children were looking forward to meeting their brother and we need to grieve this well. Because I knew what what grieving not well looked like from losing my own brother. And when we met with the pastor, one of the things we said is we want the gospel so clearly communicated because at that time, I didn't know that my mom was going to go to heaven. And he was so clear with the gospel message. You know, he said, you can be going down this highway and going in this direction, but if you need to go in this opposite direction, like, you know, if you're headed north going to Dallas from Houston, but but the way to heaven is to, you know, go I-10 to California, you're never going to get there. And it was just so, so clear. And um, my mom saw me grieve the loss of my son and say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, losing this child that I had so prayed for did not sweep me under um, the current of sadness and depression and everything that she, and I was able to minister to my own mother who eventually, I think that was one of the first things that happened in her life that really helped her to see the love and the forgiveness of God. And ultimately she came to Christ. So you know, my motherhood journey, you know, we began then homeschool, you know, we were homeschooling that whole time. We're finishing that homeschooling journey now after 20 years. And I'm waiting anxiously on uh, grandchildren, if my children are listening. (laughs) (laughs) But until then... But until then, I'm like, okay, God, you know, you've given me this incredible testimony. And, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I've just been through so much. And God's like, Missy, you can minister to a woman in every part of her journey because of all of the things that you have been through. You know, I have a saying that I I like, use your story to give God glory. You know, it doesn't matter what your story is. My kids, on the other hand, complain, we don't have a testimony. And I said, praise God that evil and difficulty have not befallen you. Praise Him for that. Um, But it is those times of grief and loss and pain and struggle and heartbreak that drive us to our knees, um, that show us that we can't make it without Him, right? I don't know how people that don't have the Lord, I don't know how they can um, make it through the day because we have so many promises in the Bible that that um, one day Jesus will wipe every tear away. You know, He sees us in our pain and in our struggle, and He's there. And the Psalms, I just love the Psalms and and talk about a wreck. David was a mess, right? He was, <laughs> he was, <laughs> but he took Messy. that. Yeah, he took that mess to God. And and what was said of him, that he was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper. You know, I can't dwell on my past mistakes. Like, I know that I am forgiven as far as the East is to the West. And so, the only thing that I can do today, I can't change my past. I can't change the mistakes that I've made. But I can choose this day whom I will serve. And I can choose... I can choose life. You know, every one of us have a choice every day. We can choose life or we can choose death. And um, I want to choose life 
And I just want to use whatever time I have left on this earth to tell people, if Jesus can radically change my life, how do I go from all of the things, just all of the things that I experienced to writing a Bible study. You know, it just doesn't even make sense, right? It doesn't. I, but I went from wallowing in the pit for years to God pulling me out of that and giving me an incredible husband and family and children and friends and a church and all of the things that have just conformed me, His Word, which has transformed my life. It is by trying to make sense out of life that I just poured over the scriptures. You know, when, when Peter's dad was on his deathbed and we begged God, please do not take him. Um, I just poured over and over and over and over and God just was filling me and filling me and filling me because like in the word, it says that, that the word transforms our, our life, transforms our mind. And so those old negative patterns of, of thinking and behavior that I had, God daily was just reshaping and transforming my mind. And so what I'd like to tell your listeners is I, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what your struggle is. You know, you may have um, small struggles, you may have large struggles, but my prayer for you is that you would turn your life to Jesus and that you would um, repent of your sin and that you would surrender your life to Him because life with Jesus is an amazing, amazing journey. And we have, we only have a taste of what's ahead of us now here on this earth. We, we see um, in a mirror partly dim, right? But one day, all of the things that we are going through right now are going to pale in comparison to the magnificent time ahead of us in heaven. You know, one day, like I said, every tear will be wiped away. And as long as we are we're faithful to our God, we will be with Him again in heaven. And um, everything that we experienced here is but a vapor. So when we're in the midst of it, it seems like it's long and hard and we may even be questioning where is God in the midst of this coronavirus? Like, where is he with this? And the, you know what? That's okay. It's okay for us to question God. Like, take your questions to him. Ask him. Ask him, why is this happening? Yeah. He um just don't get stuck there in the why. We have to move past that place of why to a place of surrender and say, okay, God, not my will, but your will be done. You know, earlier you asked about a favorite verse and, and I think that I, I'd like to share that. My life verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to understand what's happening. But if we seek Him, He will show us where to go, and He will lead us and guide us and direct us in all things. Amazing God's story. Amazing testament of the radical power of Jesus Christ. And you know, Misty? I am in complete awe of the transformation because you are a woman who has come through incredible 
incredible disappointments, incredible grief, loss, and yet you give God the glory through it. And, you know, God does recruit from the pit. His ways aren't our ways. And, you know, I'm just so um, thankful that you would take the time to come on the show today and share what you've shared, because I know there's mamas out there. There's women who are struggling from their decision of having abortions. There's women who are struggling with raising special needs children. There's women who are living with their baby's daddy and, you know, trying to figure it all out because they're listening to the world in secular views of how, you know, you should be together in a relationship. And there's women who, um, you know, are incredibly selfish, you know, in terms of how they approach, you know, motherhood. And it's truly, you know, the light of Jesus truly is reflected through you, Misty. I mean, I met your precious family and I saw your husband at the conference and there was this incredible woman. She somehow is affiliated with you. I don't know if she's your if your mother-in-law is still living or who this woman was, but she was a close family friend and had been part of your life. And she was there sitting down and just sharing with me and we prayed together. And, you know, these God connections are amazing. And, you know, I'm just so grateful that uh, you are here today. And I just know God's going to continue to bless you. I don't know if you've thought through, do you want to be someday a Gigi, a Nana, a Mimi? <laughs> Have you thought through any of those? <laughs> or well, <Grandma>? or <laughs> Yeah, well, my nieces already call me Mimi. Um, so I'll, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that will stick because from the time my nieces were little, they've always called me Mimi. And so, um, you know, I may be a Mimi, uh, but my friend said, no, you need to go with something like Gaga or (laughs) so we'll we'll, we'll let our first grandchild decide that. Yeah, that's funny. My, my little granddaughter, um, Bentley Rose, she calls me Gigi and and uh, it's so precious. It's just such a precious gift to be a, a Gigi, Nana, Grandma, whatever, but to have that blessing. And uh, I know God's going to honor that and bring that into your life at the right time. So in the meantime, I just wanted to thank you again for being so gracious, being so authentic, sharing your story. I mean, you've got a radical story of transformation and change and what the Lord is doing and continues to do. Pray great blessings over your marriage, over your children, and your what all God's calling you to do, girl. You are on fire. You are a warrior. And uh, I'm so thankful that our paths have crossed. And now moving forward into just the best way to contact you, Misty, you've got a podcast uh, website out there, right? Is that where you house it? Or is that mistyphilip.com? Or where where do people go 
Yeah, everything. You can get to everything from mistyphilip.com, my books. And um, and if anybody is struggling today, Michelle, I've got some free resources that talk about the, the promises to overcomers and scriptures to pray if you're struggling. And I'd love for them to, to pick those up there on the website. They can also access the podcast and then get links to my other ventures if they're interested in learning more about podcasting and want to come to the Christian Podcast Conference, or if they want to be part of that Rocket Podcast community, they can get to all of that at mistyphilip.com. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm so looking forward to that next conference, Misty. Do we have a date or a location? Yeah. So we're planning to do it again in Houston in February, but Michelle, you know, we maxed that facility out that we were at last time. And when, when I got back from the launch of podcast magazine uh, in March, our plan was the following week to go look for a new venue and Corona happened. And, you know, right now it's just, uh, it's such a difficult time as an event planner to know, you know, when will we, we be through this uh, podcast movement? today just announced that they're pushing their conference out until October, um, but we don't know if we'll see a resurgence in the fall. So as of right now, our plan is and has been from the beginning to do it again in Houston in February, but I just have to wait on the Lord and um, and in His wisdom to know. And He showed me with Spark. I mean, He gave me the vision for Spark, and I had four months to put a conference together. And we had Thanksgiving and Christmas and the New Year in there. And you know, He worked. He opened the doors of heaven. And so I know that when he tells me to go, he will provide all of the resources and everything that we need. So we will announce it as soon as we have it. We just want to be cautious. We want to make sure that people are safe. And, um, you know, we just are not sure what that's going to look like yet. So, yeah, we'll keep praying for that. And we know God's going to honor that and looking forward to it. And I'm friends, you know, for those of you listening, if you've got a podcast or thinking about one, hey, you got to go to this conference. I mean, it is worth the money way over and over and over again. And not the connections are amazing. And just, it's such a blessing. It truly, really did um, bless me. And I thank you for, again, being willing to do that conference because I know four months was radical to get that done. So you must have really, really put the pedal to the metal. That's all I'm going to say there. <laughs> yeah, but God, but there again, God, I mean, he really, he gave me, I mean, he just showed me what to do. So if we ask him, he's going to show us. And then when we're walking in what he's called us to do, then he's going to open the doors of heaven for us. And um, it's not up to us to have to figure it all out, right? God, um, he, he equips us. Yeah. Yes, he does. I know that from the altered stories. So thank you again, Misty. Um, I just can't wait to share this. And I know so many mamas out there are going to be blessed, all types of mamas. And I'm just asking God to really bless this podcast in terms of blessing those moms as we move towards Mother's Day, the role of mom is, in my opinion, so central to the, the core of the family. And it is so precious, me being a woman who ran from motherhood. Ah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. 
um, God really worked through that. He really worked through motherhood. And that's when I really felt the Lord's calling as I started raising my daughters. So, you know what? It's just a precious gift from God to be a mother. And uh, I thank you again. And so, friends, I will be um, putting Misty's podcast out there on our website. It'll be episode 32. And uh, we'll have the podcast out there as long, along with on the other major platforms that we actually have our show um, on. So you can listen to that here real soon. We hope to get this out before Mother's Day. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 